You're listening to Building Bold Connections, a podcast where we explore the creative ways business leaders have solved professional challenges to gain success and build net worth from their network. On today's episode, we're speaking with Jake Bulam, Senior Cyber Defense Analyst and part-time KSU instructor in the Information Systems and Security Department. Here is episode two of Building Bold Connections. Welcome to Building Bold Connections. I'm Tyra Burton, and today I'm talking with Jake Bullum. He's a senior cyber defense analyst and, most importantly, a part-time instructor in the ISS department here at KSU. So welcome. Thank you. So I have, that's a wonderful title, senior cyber defense analyst. What Mm -hmm. do you actually do? Well, so cyber defense analysts, what we do is we protect the organization's infrastructure from cyber attacks. So whether it be phishing emails or malware, um, or people thinking they have a virus on their computer, whatever it may be, we protect the actual um, devices that all the employees use to service the clients. So there's a reassurance in that from um, you know employees having to service clients and holding all that data on their machines from the clients. We have to protect those employees' machines as well as the servers, you know, and give that reassurance of you know, that data is being protected. <laughs> so are you the reason that we have to watch like cybersecurity training videos? Absolutely. Um, security is everyone's responsibility and uh, it's the most foremont, f- forefront when uh, everybody's on board. No, I agree. If everybody knows what they should be looking for, it makes it so much easier. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that you also have an interest in accounting. Counting? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, you were part of a a club here at KSU. What sparked that interest in accounting and has it influenced your career? So, um, well, accounting is part of the ISA program. So, you know, it's a business business course you have to take for it to be a business degree. But also, Badoff Sci is uh, conjoined with both finance, accounting, and information system students. So it's an honor society that blends all three of them together. And you can learn a lot from each other, especially having different disciplines, you build better connections with those departments. So when you graduate, if you have questions of accounting down the road, business, you can ask them or finance and you'd be surprised of, you know, when you're working on a project, you might have these questions. You might want to rely on your peers that you went to school with, even though you went to different disciplines. So do you really feel that networking is important in terms of what you do for a living? Yeah, it's absolutely important. Um, You have to know how to communicate. I mean, you work with all kinds of different departments within an organization um, to protect their infrastructure. So you have to know what different groups do and understand how to um, protect them better. Or even in IT teams, you have to understand different levels of IT to figure out how you can leverage that to protect your organization. So you have finished, I think, three degrees in six years. Yeah. How did you do that? Um, yeah, so two of them um, were the master's degrees I finished during the pandemic. And uh, part of that was, well, it's not a whole lot to do, so I might as well take advantage and study. And we had some really good faculty who um, continued to engage us during that pandemic, too, and keep everyone together and communicating. And I think that also helped um, with pursuing those degrees was the level of communication I had throughout the programs when everyone else was in lockdown, um, still being able to interact with other students and learn. And I think that kind of motivated me to study more um, because it kept me interacted during, you know, a time of no interaction. Yeah, it's amazing to me how much networking could be done over a computer. Yeah. Which given that that's what you work with all the time, Mm -hmm. that's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. So how you got those two degrees during the pandemic, but how important is continuing education to you as you move forward in your career? 
Oh, it's extremely important. Um, cyber defense and just uh, cybersecurity in general is a very science practice, just like doctors who have to continue learning and growing with new medicine and new technologies and procedures. Um, it's the same thing in cyber defense. You always have to, you know, look to what the next step is, look at what the next attacks are, look at what the next threats are, constantly learn and evolve with the new technologies and the new um, tools out there to be a cyber defense analyst. So uh, you, you always got to learn. <laughs> you always got to keep growing. You always got to keep expanding. Um, and, you know, the more you learn, the more you grow, um, you know, the better you are as a professional. So does the cyber defense and security community have do you talk to each other? Oh yeah, of course. Um, cyber is a pretty, you know, it's a it's one of the fastest growing markets, but still one of the smallest knit groups, I would say. Oh, that's awesome. Um, you would run into people from different organizations all the time at events. Um, I run into my peers from the university or from different vendors or from different companies all the time doing things. Um, and you always share stories and reconnect and stuff like that. And, and cyber defense analysts, they usually move a lot too in an organization, whether in different roles or oh. different places um, as well. So you never know when, you know, you'll be working with your peer now down the road and they'll tell you to come work with them. Or if you guys run into each other for an event or assignment, you, you'd be surprised at how often you run into each other. A small community definitely yeah, helps definitely make nice. that. So how has, given that, how has your career progressed since you've um, <clears throat> entered into the field? Oh, wow. Um, so originally I was at, um, let's see, EY as a cyber defense analyst, and then I was promoted senior. And then from there, I moved on to KPMG and the CSERT um, as a cyber defense analyst. So I'm over there now, too. Okay, so you've migrated over. Migrated, and I know that you did some work in the Army as well. Yeah. In the same field, so that's awesome. Yeah, same field, a little different. Uh, <laughs> being a PSYOP operative was a little different. Um, doing PSYOP is a little... So what is PSYOP? I have to ask. So, I mean, we hear the term, but what does it actually mean? Yeah, so uh, their motto is persuade, change, influence. And so how they work is, um, you know, they work on understanding different cultures, different regions, different environments, um, and how to integrate um, a group into that populace. So a lot of that can translate into cyber through, you know, the cyber engineering and stuff like that, understanding groups and cultures. And sometimes if we're trying to, you know, defend against attackers, we got to put ourselves in the mindset of the attacker. And so having that cyber skill applies to that, where it gets you to think differently outside the box a little bit. That's, I never knew what they, I always heard the term, but I didn't know what they do. And it just seems that the whole cultural aspect, I did not expect. Yeah. So did they, how did you go about um, looking at cultures and knowing how to utilize that information? Um, so you do different things. You, you read Intel reports, um, a lot of open source intelligence. Uh, you become really, really good at Google on both fields. Uh. Um, Google is a big key component, just knowing how to very research very well, too. People think it's all... You know, all this cool stuff, it's all like um, they show in the movies, uh, hacking and everything, and 90% of your day is mostly on Google. <laughs> okay, things I did not expect. Yeah, because you're mostly on Google trying to solve a problem or look up information or trying to figure out um, different facts that you can use to leverage in your investigations. Um, yeah, it all comes from that. It's not all this stuff that you see on TV. <laughs> so do you have any hot research tips for when you're diving in, diving in on Google for stuff? Yeah. Um, I, I guess sometimes you can look for patterns. Sometimes um, look for the key, key thing you're looking for. Sometimes it's very easy to get lost in the rabbit hole of what you're trying to, to find. 
So just try to extract the key components, just like if you're researching for school, you know, try to find the key things you're looking for and try to, you know, build off of that when you're searching on Google. So if, um, how does, in cybersecurity, is that one of the ways that you assess, assess your threats that are going on? Um, yeah, so you, cyber threat intelligence teams, they typically, um, you know, will go out and find stuff like that and share with the, the defender teams and, and to help us, you know, for things we might encounter down the road. They might find stuff that we might encounter down the road. Um, we might also find new things. And, uh, you know, we Google around and see what other people are having similar issues or have information on it. Um, I like to leave, I like to read the LinkedIn reports too. Sometimes there's some good um, oh. organizations to follow that share information that's going on in the world. Okay. Um, with that too, um, peer groups. It's also good to share with peer groups current things you might have found, or big threats out there. If you see like on the news, by the time you see like this whole new malware or something going out on the news, it's typically it's already been shared. <laughs> so most <laughs> most cyber teams already know about it already because it's been shared all all over um, to be aware of something like the Log4j incident. Um, that was going around uh, about a year ago that was already kind of shared in the community. Well, and that goes back to that whole networking trying <laughs> exactly. to Exactly. So let's say a cyber threat pops up. What do you do? What would be like your typical, how do I handle this? It just depends. Um, it depends on the kind of case it is, but um, you have to have a lot of good teamwork, I would say. Okay. Um, you have to be able to identify something, ask questions, where you need um, have a good environment to ask questions about it and work together to just kind of solve the issue and remediate the issue because that's the biggest goal, right? Uh, when you're trying to do an instant response is remediate the issue, contain it, and uh, figure out how we, what we learn from it too so we can prevent it from next time or from happening again. So in your career, and is there anyone you can talk about like this big, bold thing that happened or idea that you had that worked out well? Is there anything you can share with us? Um... This is what happens when you work with cybersecurity. Yeah. Think before you share. Yeah. Um, I don't have had um, any good examples, but I mean, there's been, there's been times where there's been a case where I've had, and it, it was pretty difficult outside my knowledge. And I definitely had to, to work with the team and we all had to combine our strengths and weaknesses together to see where we can solve that issue. And I think that was, um, I can't have a big learning experience for all of us because we all kind of learned what we were better at than, and, than other skills we had. Yeah. And we learned how to work together as a team to combine them to basically effectively get the job done and the case resolved. Well, and teamwork is so important. Do you have any tips for working with other people? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is one I always leave people. Uh, even if you're in the same role or the same, you know, in the same role capacity, um, no two people would be alike. Everyone's got their own strength, the weakness. And so I say, you know, find what your teammates' strengths are and identify them and then get them in points where they can shine and use it effectively for the team. And the weak points, don't exploit the weak points. Instead, pair them with someone else who might have that strength and so they can build off each other. And then once they, um, you know, recover from that weak point, find another one and keep recycling that process. And that's how you build yourself as a better practitioner. And that's how you build yourself as a better teammate, right? Because it's all of us against the, you know, the attacks that we're facing and the defense that we're facing. So, um, you know, work together as a team, use each other's strengths and leverage other's weaknesses to grow and uh, create a good environment where they can do that. And uh, that's how you have a very successful team. And that's how you um, continue to grow as a professional. Yeah, I think the whole like concept of... <clears throat> 
helping people see what they do best. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you don't know. And sometimes you don't know. And sometimes it takes, it takes an eye to be able to really understand because sometimes they might not realize their own strengths. And so if you're trying to lead a team or you're trying to mentor, um, find those, help them find that skill and put them in a spot where they can get that confidence to do well. And then that helped them more understand things that they don't understand very well. And then you can help them grow from there. So do you find that mentoring is important in the cybersecurity community? 100%. It's, also, it's, a, it's an ISACA InfoSec core value. It's to share knowledge and uh, share knowledge as you were once shared. So as so you were mentored, it's your obligation to mentor someone else um, the same way. Um, and so by continually doing that in the, in the community, that's how you grow the community. That's how you make more knowledgeable professionals. And that's how, um, you grow the knowledge in the community too. That's why when I talk about all these Intel reports being shared, that's part of it. Sharing knowledge is a big factor, whether you're doing white papers, conferences, um, one-on-one mentoring, anything to do. Sharing knowledge is important. So are there some organizations that you would suggest that people that are interested in cybersecurity look into? Yeah, so SANS has a security summit. It's online. It's usually okay. a free virtual webinar. Oh, we the, love those. They have those. Um, the university here has it as well. We have the Cyber Speaker Series from the Cyber Institute um, where we have different professionals in um, the industry doing different roles. They come and speak on different topics um, or share a little bit of what they do. And so that's a good way for students and individuals to um, be more familiar about the different uh, aspects in the areas in cyber and the different jobs associated with and how they all come together. Um, right. So we have that. Um, we also do B sides here, you know, we oh, help okay. with B sides here. That's also free for students to go to, um, great experience and way to network as well. Um, so yeah, there's, there's different things around even the area you can do either online or in person, um, to help grow that experience and build that networking. And I feel like that's a really good starting point especially in school outside of your classes to go and do um, because that really stands out to organizations is what you do outside what you're learning is outside of just the classroom whether you're working with instructors who are more than happy to sit down have a conversation or work on a paper uh, with you so yeah there's different avenues of going about it Um, just finding some type of knowledge is good i think that the whole idea of being proactive Mm-hmm. and how important that is, particularly in your profession. Yeah. You have to be proactive. Yeah, absolutely. You have to. You have to go out and you have to just really want to learn. Um, and if you really want to learn and you, um, you know, have a drive for it, you will do really well. Um, so speaking of learning, what is something that you wish everyone knew about cybersecurity that they don't? Hmm. Um, there's a place for everybody. Huh. There really is. There's a place for everybody in cybersecurity, whether you like investigating, whether you like building software, whether you like the marketing aspect of it. Um, there, there is a place for everybody in cybersecurity in some way or form. That's awesome. I think the profession itself is just growing by leaps and bounds. It is. It's, it's the, there's jobs that are being posted daily. So how can the average person help um, not uh, have a cyber issue for themselves? Right. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, let's face it, we all had that email. We're like, hmm. Yeah. If, you know, if you don't know to ask, right, and, and, you know, the cyber team's not going to fault you for, for inquiring about something. They're actually going to be happy that you, you asked them at least instead of clicking on something or downloading something that you weren't sure of or you're, you're afraid you were getting, getting in trouble. Um, 
you're least likely to get in trouble by just asking or being honest than, than you are trying to like download weird stuff or or try to hide what you're doing um because right. they'll, they'll get found out so um just, they know where you've been yeah so just being honest and just just kind of being upfront. like if you if you have a question about an email submit it to them to look at if you have a question about an application submit it and let them um you know, look into it for you. So they're there as a resource to help you um, make sure that you're secure and you can continue your daily operations. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to, to approach them. They're, they're here for you. <laughs> well, and it isn't just your computer. I mean, I get so much on my cell phone as well. So do you guys handle that as well? Uh, it depends. So it, it depends on the organization, if, you know, the, the, the devices are procured by the organization or not. Um, but for emails, you know, if it goes to your email, usually all organizations have some type of phishing response where you can submit the email to your organization and they can review it and respond back like, hey, this is safe or hey, this is really bad. Do not click on it. And if you did, like, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll take care of you. So, um, so it just depends. Just depends. Okay. So let's move on to KSU because we're, you know, that's yeah. who we are. We're owls. So what interested you or why did you decide to become a part-time instructor here? So I always had the goal of that too. And, and people tell you for a while that, um, I've always wanted to be an instructor here. And I feel like, um, you know, I really believe in the philosophy um, you learn knowledge by sharing knowledge. And so the more you're reiterating something, the more you're teaching something over and over again, the better you can understand it yourself. So if I'm teaching my practice to somebody and that's just more knowledge of me having to constantly refresh the basic principles of that practice to build myself better by reiteration. So sharing knowledge helps me learn again. So that's why I like it. That's why I enjoy doing it. Not only do I get satisfaction of getting people excited and interested about the field and being able to take what's happening in industry and uh, you know teach them what's going on in the real world right now, but at the same time, I'm also being able to get their understanding, their viewpoints, their feedback, and take that industry. And I'm able to get the, the, the level of knowledge I'm sharing with them you know, that constant refresher for me to take back to industry too, to be on my, you know, top game. So it's a win-win on both sides. It's good for the instructor and it's good for the student. So are you teaching it. in person or online? I teach online. You do? Mm -hmm. So what are the challenges with that? Um, you just got to be very adaptable, right? You got to be very good with time management and be um, adaptable um, for the students. Um, very flexible looking at like when things are going to be due, how much time you want a lot for that. Um, and it's, it's, it's not as bad as people think because, you know, you get to post things online with asynchronous, you don't have to go by a set time schedule. So it makes it great for people who students who might work in the day or students who might work in the evening, they have a set time that they can review your videos and your lectures and get the work done, whether they're a day worker or a night worker and, you know, or if they have when their weekends are too. So they can kind of flex around that. So it's easier for the instructor because they can flex around their schedule. It's easier for the students because they can flex around their schedule. So I love it. I think it's great. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a great way of um, doing things and getting the best of both worlds for students. So I know that continuing education is so important. So I know there's lots of people in cybersecurity that might be taking an online class to stay mm -hmm. up. What are, what's a tip you can give? Cause you've been on both sides. I assume you were an online student in a class. Yeah. And yeah. well, of course, cause you did your master's and now you're teaching online. What would you give as advice to that student that's taking their first online class? Mm. Uh, just be patient with yourself. Um, it will take some time to get used to. Um, you know, I, I struggle at the beginning too. It's mm -hmm. okay. 
it just takes some time and then after a while you'll you'll just kind of start developing a rhythm and a pattern and once you kind of get the momentum going just just keep up with it just stay consistent uh, once you kind of get into the flow of things just be consistent on how much you're taking your classes how often you know your times and you know how it's working with your work schedule and before you know it you'll be done <laughs> it, it really is easy it's it it's crazy fast. to say that but you know that's one of the things my boss told me when i started my master first masters he's like just just keep up with the routine and you'll you're gonna blink and it's gonna be done and and it, it happens so just just keep up with it just keep you know it's gonna be hard just but just there is an end there is an end in sight just keep moving <laughs> Yeah, I think routine and time management are so important. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, they can get a little rigorous um, with the courses and the workload can be a little demanding, but it, it's worth it in the end because you're getting a quality degree um, in a job market that's very robust. It, it pays off just to to really um, stick to it. So I have a question. I, I've heard a lot about blockchain. Does it go into cybersecurity at all? Um, yeah, so blockchain technology does go in the uh, cybersecurity, especially as we start moving into smart ledger contracts. Um, oh my, which, okay. <laughs> which is Stop. a whole, which is a whole. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah, that's a whole. Uh, <laughs> I was not part of an accounting group. So. Yeah, that's a whole, that's a whole tangent for, for another time. But, um, <laughs> but basically it, it does help make um, the process more secure, okay. right? Because it's, uh, it's irrefutable um, evidence that shows, you know, who edited a contract who changed it and it's locked there inside the blockchain so you can de you can defend the authenticity of a document you can defend the authenticity of an agreement so by using smart contracts and blockchain um it does make things a lot more secure it's not it leaves it less to a hearsay or or he said she said and when it comes to the court because it's basically um a solid um it takes yeah. that timeline yeah it has a timeline throughout its chain so of the documents so you can easily see those changes and you can easily see the you know the proof that hey this was agreed by these people and here's the ledger that shows it where it can't be easily rewritten opposed to normal documents which can be changed or rewritten or falsified it's a lot harder to do that through documents through blockchain so that's why it makes it a lot better as we start moving into the finance sector of incorporating blockchain technology inside so what's next for jake oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh i guess i'm working on a few certifications at, uh, right now continuing um, education yeah continuing education <laughs> i've got to work on some certs um but yeah i, I don't know uh, we'll see we'll see what the uh ventures uphold the process yeah unfolds so so what's the what is your just the happiest place about cybersecurity and why you love it so much because obviously you're very passionate about it it's interesting no two days are the same i will say that i like that yeah it's it's interesting you're always um having to learn something new um the sky's the limit right it's not like you can easily be capped out at a certain salary or a certain position you the more you learn the more you grow you know you can be anything you can you can really advance yourself um the, as much as you push yourself to so I kind of like that. Ceiling's the limit. Um, the fact that, you know, everything's always different, always changing. You get to constantly be a part of that um, new evolution of technology. Um, and you get to protect people. You got to help people. Yeah, I feel like your work has purpose. You're defending organization. You're defending hospitals. You're defending whatever. You know, you feel like you have a purpose by protecting that information and that you have a sense of responsibility behind it. So that's always a good feeling, too. 
Um, and a sense of mystery, because like I said, when things aren't the same and you're investigating different things or responding to different things, it's cool because as things come out new in the world, you're constantly having to learn about it and figure out how to protect it. So it does give us level of um, kind of enjoyment behind it and seeing how far also you go from, you know, three years ago to now, like how you've grown in your profession and how you've grown in your skill set. And so every year you can look back and see how far you've come from the year before. And so that gives you a sense of like pride in that too. And I think you could definitely see your wins. You can definitely see them. And you do get a lot of lessons learned too. And you really learn how to um, build effective teams and work with people and, uh, you know, rely on people to to solve a common problem to a common goal. So there's some benefits to that. There's some really good benefits to that too. So that's kind of like why I enjoy it. And uh, also, you you know, I get the enjoyment for, for sharing that knowledge, teaching students. I, lo- I love teaching part-time. I love being able to share that knowledge with students and um, kind of see their sights on how they see cyber in the world today and share that too and hear, see their viewpoints. And it's, it's great. I love creating that dialogue in the classroom where everyone gets to communicate and learn and also grow their skills as better communicators too. Well, and I would think it would help you be able to communicate to people in an organization mm-hmm. what they need to be aware of. So oh, absolutely. It's a nice circular going on there. It's a nice circular. It's a win-win for everybody. Well, I can't wait to see where you go next. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. It's great being here and great, uh, great having a conversation with you. Thank you for listening to Building Bold Connections. This has been a Coles College and Joel A. Katz Music and Entertainment Business Program production.